Hello, and welcome to the Gone But Not Forgotten podcast. I'm Audrey Cornell. And I'm Louise Coleman. And today we will be talking about Lana Clarkson, who was an actress and a model, and six of her films that we have seen, as well as her murder by Phil Spector and the 2013 film that kind of details the trial but we'll get there when we get there (laughs) oh yeah we'll get there we'll get there so yeah lana clarkson i knew of her before Mm -hmm. we did the podcast but i i think everything i thought i knew about her was wrong because i knew she was murdered by phil specter because i watched this documentary about dominic dunn who is griffin dunn's dad and he covered the trial for Vanity Fair I think so they covered that portion of his life but I thought Lana was like married to Phil Spector or like his girlfriend or something I thought she was like a porn actress and okay no judgment judgment. yeah I was just completely wrong about both of those things I feel like the media definitely did not help in painting her as like a real person with a career all of that so I was really glad to be wrong about all of that and learn about her and I think as we go through her films we'll just be talking about how much we love her so yes which is really good I'm very excited but that was my knowledge of her beforehand what about you did you know of Lana so I actually think I might of where I think I remember when Phil Spector died because it was only two years ago and I think I remember it being on the news and I, I think I remember the hair, his hair from court. and But no. I, I don't remember ever them mentioning Lana's name or photo. So I just knew that this music guy died that was also in For Killing Someone, but I didn't know anything about it. I, honestly, yeah, it was... Just when he, just the news that he died, like that made it onto the the BBC News, which is so silly. Mm-hmm. But um, but then yeah, fast forward to then two years later, and you're like, should we do Lana Clarkson for the pod? And I think when you said that she was killed by Phil Spector, it completely ran like a bell in my head. I was like, oh okay, yeah, I, I'm aware of this. But yeah, didn't know anything about her. Didn't know any of her films. But the ones that she's more known for, I am absolutely obsessed with her. <laughs> I love her so much. <laughs> I think I've said it every single time. I think I might have said this in the James Dean one as well, but oh my God, I've become such a big fan. No one's hit me this hard, like <laughs> Lana has. I love her so much. And I'm really happy. This is literally why I said in James Dean. I'm really happy that we're doing her because I just love her so much. I'm yeah. so thankful we're doing this. Oh, good. But then also it hurts. <laughs> Painful. And I'm yeah. going to try not to swear either. I've got some words I would use to describe Spectre and I'm not going to say it. It's going to be a difficult one. Yeah. But you are right with what you said that when we go through her films, I think it's all going to be praise for her. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) And I think that's what makes her death all the more upsetting is just the circumstances surrounding it. And we'll go into more detail with that. Yeah. But I was glad at least that she had several films to her name beforehand and I was like I don't know maybe if she quite qualifies for the rising starlet title but every I think since everyone in the press like dubbed her as an aspiring actress or like a b-movie actress I think she deserves to be here just to talk about how she was 
more than that and she had a lot of movies and also with that as well she was in 2002 ish she was looking to make a comeback like yeah. she made the acting real she was sending it off to people she even said to her mom that she had an audition and so i'm i think she works perfectly in this series and once again that just makes it all the more worse and sad. yeah we're gonna try not be sad we're gonna try and honor and uplift her okay yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's what i'm trying to tell myself yeah okay do you want to introduce okay (laughs) from saying how much we love her and how good she is in our films we're gonna start with death stalker (laughs) no it's not the opposite because she is actually incredible in this but we'll just do a little introduction so death stalker 1983 wait was this wasn't her first what was her first appearance do you know what i do not are you pulling up (laughs) oh it was fast times at ridgemont high oh yes and she has a name in it, but I yeah, can't yeah. remember her in it. It's no, I did. I saw it years ago. Yeah, but I watched a clip of it, and yeah, she plays this. The science teacher's he's so nerdy and not hot, and then yeah. his wife is really hot. It's Lana, and uh, it's just a joke in it. I like, yeah. why is she with him? But and she spoke in it as well. It's just a scene, but she still spoke. She got her SAG card at that film. So nice. I love that for her. Yeah, that's cool. But okay. anyway, okay, that's it. Because I know she'd done, like, some bit parts. Yes, yeah. and she's been on, like, TV shows as well, yeah. like, sitcoms. But yeah, this is, it's, like, the main one. The main starring role for her, because obviously yeah. she was also in Scarface, but, like, we, she was just a dance, she was just dancing in it. Mm-hmm. And she was in Brainstorm, but I don't remember her in Brainstorm. <laughs> but, God, I, I don't, like, ages ago. I choose we not to remember. Yeah. No, bless her, but <laughs> so that's fine, because we've got her in these six films. Like, 1983, Death Stalker. Produced by the legend that is Roger Corman as well, who I have whoop, actually whoop. added so many of his films to yeah. my work because it's all with Vincent Price as well. And also, yeah. he speaks about Lana really well, and mm-hmm. so I'm a stan. And I'm like, a te- like I've only seen like, one of his films, but like, <laughs> I love him. I think um, you'll like his work. I think he's right on my <laughs> I don't recognize the director. It's James Bardellati, and I feel like it's probably like a spaghetti western type director. Mm-hmm. We've got no, no real proper people in this apart from Arlana we've got Rick Hill as the titular death stalker <laughs> to describe him he's like Conan a barbarian I okay. don't know. I've never seen it but that's what everyone else describes yeah. him as he's got like blonde hair big abs just like a real big gladiator type person yeah and he's got like go on this quest to get this sword so he's got like enter this competition Weirdly, it's very similar to you're not gonna be ready for this. <laughs> Enter the Dragon. I think it could be a cool double bill. Yeah. Really about, like, these, these tournaments. But along the way, he meets this British guy. I actually don't know how to pronounce his name, but I think I wrote down as Ogris. He is literally the worst character ever. I hate him so much. Wow. He has a really smug face, but he's meant to be like, like they're meant to be like bros in it and stuff. But then as well, they meet who Lana is playing, a woman called Kyra. And oh my god. She is so badass. <laughs> Lana used a real sword in all of her scenes and oh she God. fought with it as well. Like she wow. was sword fighting with an actual sword, which you also <laughs> see later on in Barbarian Queen. But it's incredible to see she's in this blue cape. Oh my God, she's incredible. Like they get to the village and they're doing the tournament. There's a woman, basically, <laughs> I'm going to try to do this really quickly, but there's a, the princess has been kidnapped as well. Oh no. I should have led with that. <laughs> and, um, 
Um, but she's being offered as like a prize to the winner okay. and they bring her out and it's a bit they like tie her up and they're like who wants her and then oh. Lana goes and tries to like save her and get her out which is Aww. really nice to see Lana covers her up with her cloak and I was like oh my god that's, that's oh. nice love Lana as Kyra like she is a legend and then I actually weirdly something happens in this film right it's a bit <laughs> odd <laughs> I am just not, not what I expected. I'm sorry, I've just not explained this at all well as well because I'm just so excited mm-hmm. about Lana that I've got to control myself. Oh. <laughs> You're doing great. Thank you. There's a, also, for all this laughter, I do have to say, this film is awful. Like, it's really bad. And we'll get into that. But okay. we'll, we don't have to get, but we'll get into it smallly. Yeah. So there's a bit where they've, so Monkar is like the main villain. And he's bold and he's got like a, he's got like art on his head. Okay. Like tattoos, like a scorpion. He looks sick. Like he does look quite cool. And he gets his like henchman to, (laughs) this is insane. A henchman who's a man to transform into a woman and go and flirt with Deathstalker. (laughs) Take his eyes off the prize of the sword. (laughs) And it works. Oh my God. Trans allegory. Like, yes, it is. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, that's like the wildest scene and it also happens right at the end and then like he gets found out and I think the henchman kills Lana but I actually mm. don't know because I stopped watching at this point <laughs> <laughs> that's like, valid I was like a little bit done but then like whenever yeah. Lana was on screen I was there but then like she just disappears for the whole film so I'm actually convinced huh. she died in it and I missed her death oh, no. that's Deathstalker now Deathstalker is really bad and we'll get into this because it, this will be it in all of Lana's films, bar two, where there is excessive amounts of rape, uh, sexual assault, and just naked women. Like, it's mm-hmm. insane. And actually, the second scene with Lana, and she's sleeping in, in with the, by the fire with the boys, and Deathstalker goes up to her and pulls her top down. Ew. But then she's also into it. But it's like, Aww. what? She's sleeping. That's it wakes her up. But I... Like, what? no it's horrid yeah. and then obviously later there's like a mad orgy in the bit with when they bring the princess in but it's just insane it's too huh. much and it really worried me because i was thinking like oh my god this is bad i like sorry i feel like i've done a massive tonal whiplash here no that's okay but it it's was serious like, exactly which makes it all the more annoying because kyra as a character could have been so incredibly like good as a female character she was badass she was fighting against the men she was like on par with them but then they show her fawning over Deathstalker or yeah basically getting assaulted like any chance they get and it's like what is happening I do realize it might be the genre mm-hmm. I think this is a thing with this like fantasy genre thing because like it literally opens on a rape like for god's sakes like we're starting off like this which kind of sucks and it's a hard watch and where I would actually be on record saying don't watch this film and I've, I told you like don't watch this like you're not missing anything honestly but <laughs> another but <laughs> we're here to talk about Lana and I will talk about Lana because yeah. I do think she is excellent in this role the teeny tiny scenes we get her in she is so good. When she's introduced, they think it's a man coming up to fight them. And mm-hmm. it's not. And it's Lana with her sword. <laughs> and it's incredible. So I wish the film just kept up that energy. Yeah. It's a bit awful, really. Like, yeah. what they do show. And then I'm like, okay, at least I get cool badass Lana. But then it's just, it's just not, it's just lost a little bit. Yeah. Do you think it's like they can't show a woman having agency without 
also knocking her down a peg with the nudity and the assault. I 100% I think so and it makes me like that's why like I hate this genre though because Mm -hmm. it's always even though it's fantasy it's still in a world where women are not equal to men and it's oh my god if all of this can actually exist and there's a magic sword why can't we be on the same level like exactly yeah he's the threat of rape I hate it so much which is just like it's just baffling though because Kyra is so cool as a character so I think they just completely dropped the ball there I feel like barbarian queen expands on that more which so i'm excited to talk about that one there's definitely still a lot of issues but i guess so that there's mostly women yes yeah exactly and women getting their like revenge or maybe they're like yeah as in yeah getting their revenge on the men that have wronged them but in deathstalker there's none of that so it's just not a very fun watch yeah i don't have much to say on deathstalker i really don't that's fine (laughs) don't watch it do you think it was a good sort of first lead ish role for lana i actually do to be honest because it did show her to be quite badass and quite imposing so i'm actually i don't hate it okay good and i think that's and and this is what and roger corman watched this and then made barbarian queen for her that's cool it led to that yeah thanks roger thank you roger (laughs) (laughs) okay should we do blind date oh my god we have like i guess i could intro it but intro it uh, okay blind (laughs) date yeah what (laughs) is um okay so this was the first movie a lot of lana's i watched so i was disappointed she's not in it a ton it was released in 1984 Directed by Nico Masterakis. Rakis. He's known within cult movie fans. They filmed this in Greece, which oh. I did not pick up on until no. I saw some of the signs were had were written in Grecian letters. Oh my god, that's so <laughs> I funny. It was like New York City. Yeah, I would never said Greece. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> but we have Joseph Bottoms as the main character, Jonathan. Does he? Does he? <laughs> and then Kirstie Alley's in it oh, for queen. as his girlfriend. And then Lana plays this woman that Jonathan used to know. Yes. But then she like got sent away to a mental institution or something. Yeah. They don't because, really like well, elaborate Because of on rape. It. Oh, she gets really? Freaking, yeah. Oh. They were on the beach and she got raped. And then oh that sent her into a mental home. Once again, that's film number two. Yeah. Wow, I forgot about that. That's gross. I know, right? Yeah. Um, Sorry, carry on. No, you're good. (laughs) Yeah, this is a wild movie. It's the blind part of the title comes from the fact that he (laughs) he is like a big peeper. He loves to like watch people with his binoculars. And one day he gets, or one night he gets chased by the boyfriend or was it lana's boyfriend yeah, yeah they were in the car yeah. right yeah yeah, yeah yeah he was watching them and then the boyfriend saw him and they ran through these woods and he like hit a tree branch and went blind no no and i was if like I okay that's watch... deserved you know yeah yeah you should not be doing what you're doing mate like no. <laughs> and then they introduce the doc this doctor played by kira julia who has one scene 
and he basically gives him this like Sony Walkman that allows him to see. I'm sorry, I'm <laughs> laughing so much because like if you had if I hadn't watched this, I'd be like, you're making this up. Like, yeah, like, I'm like, this plot is insane. deranged. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then another thing is there's a serial killer on oh the loose. God. The serial killer plot line. Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, there is a lot going on in this, but it was honestly boring. It was so boring. Oh yeah. God, so boring. No boring. And I think that comes down to the fact that the main character is just a total asshole and like has no redeeming qualities. Um, and I think we're supposed to not feel that way about him. And we do. <laughs> yeah, we're protagonist, but he is horrid. And also, the blind device thing is like not explained very well. No, and it looks bad as well. Like, how could anyone? Anyway, he just sees outlines. Like, yeah, how does he see no anything? See. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's like the premise yes. of Blind Date, which is really not executed well. Like, none of the plot points really go anywhere very interesting and lana feels like an afterthought to me because she's just there to be stalked for me it was like with dorothy and um they all laughed laughed. yeah Yeah. like she's she does nothing in this movie until i guess the reveal of who the serial killer is which still doesn't make sense Spoiler, but I actually thought it was going to be the main protagonist. Same, yeah. He was that shifty. Exactly. If you make your protagonist as if on the outside looks like a serial killer, you've just messed up there. Yeah, Yeah, and he's supposed to be the good guy. Exactly. It just shows. (laughs) It doesn't make sense. There's just, yeah, there's a lot of nudity. Yes. With... It's just, I don't know, maybe we should talk about that a little bit. With all of these movies, there's a lot of boobs. And like, how does that make you feel? You're just trying to watch a movie and there's... Oh, like, bam. Yeah. 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 I I feel like I've seen Lana's boobs more than my own family at this point. (laughs) Every single film. And, you know, I don't hate nudity in films. Mm -hmm. I don't. But yeah, it's just a bit like sometimes I'm like, oh, for God's sake, really? Again? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's more so just because I think I love her so much, but I don't want to see her boobs because I, I love her. I, I'm like, she's more than this, guys. Come on. Yeah. You could do better than just showing that all the time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it was a bit yeah. like, oh, my God, take a freaking shot. Yeah. <laughs> but also, I feel like as well, it's the 80s. And yeah. I know two films from the 90s. And I just feel like this is coming off. From, there's loads of films in the 80s that we've seen now on like, the 70s as well mm-hmm. where yeah it's just like excessive nudity so I do think it might be a product of its time yeah but yeah I was a bit like oh my god not again Stop. yeah <laughs> well, what about you what did you think I agree I yeah. think it's just the genres and if you're willing to show your breasts then like we're gonna do it as yeah. many times as we can not that I have problems with nudity it's just more it feels it felt sometimes to the point not with this movie so much more with Pontino of Morello where it's you just want to show people's chests and it just felt invasive and a little perverse at times yes yes and it just that just made me kind of uncomfortable when they were sacrificing plot for 
breasts. Yeah. <laughs> I was not expecting to like talk about oh. boobs, but I just yeah. feel like since it's in every movie, it's like we've had to. <laughs> we got some giggling, but it's just, yeah, it's, oh, it's just like, I don't want to see. I, I've seen them once. I don't yeah, want to see them again. That's, that's fine. That's enough. Yeah. <laughs> but honestly, though, kudos to, to Lana. Yeah. Doing that. She's great. Yeah. Fearless. Yeah, that's true. And I think her performance otherwise in all of these movies, it's good enough that I can focus on that. Yes. Instead of, I don't know, she just has a, a screen presence that does. Yes. is really fascinating. And yeah, I, I guess maybe the nudity didn't feel like she didn't seem self-conscious. So then I didn't feel self-conscious. Exactly. And that's that star power that she exudes in it. Yeah, she's confident. Yeah. And that does help. For yeah. Sure. I don't but, think she's nude in this movie. It's more. I was going to say more the victim, the serial killer's victims. Yes, 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 yes. Because he's always um, cutting long there, like chest. We did not need the serial killer um, thing. <laughs> the subplot was so bizarre. He could have just had about a man. This this man worried about his ex girlfriend, but also mm-hmm. he's navigating blindness. But no, we had some serial killer on the loose. <laughs> yeah, no one, like... no one even cares about as well. Not in the no. News. There's no one looking for them. Yeah, there's no police. Like <laughs> the boyfriends or the family members don't care. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Maybe that's why that whole subplot felt stupid because it literally did not matter and went nowhere. And then also, like, wasn't explained at the like, end. No, it was just should we just laugh sure, let's just, Yeah, <laughs> no one should watch this. No. <laughs> so it's, it's Lana's boyfriend, isn't it? Yeah. Which is just also, it wasn't even told in a good way. They were in the swimming no. pool and then he turned the lights off. <laughs> the, the serial killer wasn't even going to kill Lana, thank God, uh, that. But like, it's stupid. <laughs> well, you know what's funny too is he actually had zero proof it was her boyfriend. He, he had just a scalpel yeah. <laughs> in his jacket, which is like a little bit weird, but. I think he was a doctor. He could have just been like coming home from work and brought a scalpel. I actually know that doesn't. Yeah, what would he need a scalpel? Wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe the protagonist was cleverer than us. Okay, let's give him some credit. What happened? What does it look like? There must be a fuse. I'll go check. How? It's pitch black. Got some matches in my clothes. Yeah? Want me to come with you? No! Stay in the water! You the smart ass who killed the lights? You think it's some kind of joke or something? Who's that, David? Who are you talking to? Some pricks playing games. Games? You mean like putting on surgical gloves and cutting people up? You mean those kinds of games? I'm coming out, David! Don't move, Rachel. You're safe over there. Who is that? Doesn't matter. Just stay where you are. This maniac has a scalpel in his hand. He was going to use that on you. He's lying, Rachel. Am I? Listen to me, Rachel. Good old Dr. David isn't a doctor. Maybe he had some fantasy about being one when he was a kid, but it never worked out. You know what David really does, Rachel? He drives a taxi. Not a real taxi. Just tries to pick up his victims. 
He's sick, Rachel. He wants to hurt you. I'm going to cut you in half, you son of a bitch. Well, go ahead, doctor. Try. But you've got to find me first. Plus, the movie just ends. Jonathan kills the boyfriend. Yeah, that's it. Uh, tells Lana, like, I saved your life or something. And then he leaves. So, like, she's just there. She doesn't know what happened to her boyfriend. The police could show up. She might be a suspect. Exactly. She didn't know her boyfriend was the serial killer. There was no closure. <laughs> and, and also, she didn't recognize him either. Yeah, oh, she like, didn't she, know. She, she was literally like, what? Oh my god, it was so Yeah, bad. who was, are like, you? Kirstie Alley was like running for her life to get yeah. to protagonist. I don't even know what his name is. Like, Jonathan. Called, like, Jonathan, thank yeah. you. Yeah. And then they, they, they kiss and it ends. And it's what the fuck? Wait, yeah. What about Lana? <laughs> Lana, she, her boyfriend is dead. She just found out her boyfriend's a serial killer. What? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I have no words. I actually like can. It's so bad. It's. <laughs> Yeah, that's. I think the one scene that I did like was when we first see Lana and she's working as like a swimsuit model. Yeah. 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 And there's just this really cool shot of her in this elevator and the lighting looks really nice. I just thought that was a really memorable part. And I also feel she looks, this is funny because I just mentioned in swimming costumes again, (laughs) but I actually loved her in the last scene that she's like Mm -hmm. on the sun lounger. She just, and she's like listening to music. I yeah. think that's it when she's like, yeah, she's like bobbing along. She's clicking along to music at one bit. <laughs> yeah, Ella's lip syncing along to her wall. Oh, no, it's when she's in the lift. That's it, yeah. Is you have like about... sponsored by oh. Sony? Or oh, is it... <laughs> 100%. It had to admit. A Walkman that makes you see. Come yeah. on. That's the biggest advertisement I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> oh, my that's God, the... yeah. That's like a film being like an iPod Nano helps you to see. See insane. <laughs> He doesn't even be able to see. He can't even see. Yeah. He can't see. I thought it was hilarious how he just okayed this procedure. And then after the doctor was like, oh, here's all the side effects. Here's what you can't do. Shouldn't he have been told all this before he had surgery he could not alter? Like Exactly. That's so dangerous. (laughs) It was funny, but not enough. It wasn't funny enough. I needed, yeah, I needed it to be a bit more sillier, actually, whereas yeah. it was just more bad. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was taking itself too seriously. Yes. i tell you what, though, thinking yeah. back on it, it reminds me of, like, the 90s thrillers we've watched, mm-hmm. like Judgment Night and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> thrown out there. But I actually think this might have been a bit ahead of its time. Yeah, that's true. This could have worked in, like, the 90s, mm-hmm. with, like a TV movie sort of vibe. Yeah, it definitely where... felt more 90s than 80s. Didn't it? Yeah. Oh, there's that weird bit where yeah. he goes to Lana's house, isn't it? And he like, he's, oh, yeah. she's sleeping. <gasps> yeah, he, and he goes has to go in her house. And he, oh my God. And he like, she falls asleep and he sits next to her. And oh my, I completely forgot it's about it, that. It's it. Oh my God. He said something really weird to her. Yeah. I wrote it down. He put, he, he said to sleep in Lana when he left. He said, time to say goodnight. What? Go away! Go away! That's freaky. Also, before this bit, Lana's on the phone to one of her girl pals, and she literally, in the most nonchalant tone possible, she says to her friend that she's going to take a sleeping pill. And it's like, is that so like normalized in the eighties that they would just take a sleeping pill? I don't think that's mad to me. Yeah, I think that was more like the forties and fifties. Exactly. 
Yeah. And like her friend didn't even seem to care. Yeah. Like, she was just I'm like, just gonna, okay. If you were to be like, I'm taking a sleeping pill, I'd be like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> um, so I thought that was funny. And then she was also like, she was like tossing and turning in the bed. And I was thinking, oh, she can't get to sleep. She can't. Yeah. The sleeping pill didn't work. No. <laughs> <laughs> and then to make matters worse, then Jonathan comes in and yeah. creeps on her. What a freak. Um, that was weird, wasn't it? That was yeah. mad. Because he has to get close to people to like actually see yeah he was like sense. a foot yeah. away from her face yeah, yeah. oh my god waking up to that oh my god. <laughs> no no thank you <laughs> yeah plus they don't really it's in the movie it's presented as like totally fine that he's stalking her because oh they maybe used to know each other and he's like doing it to protect her yeah air quotes yeah, yeah so it's just they didn't really even do anything with that Plus, I feel like the the voyeurism aspect is not really explored in, like, an interesting way. No, no. Because he does go blind after peeping, but then, so then that sort of almost seems like a, what's... Like karma, in a way? Yeah, or... Karmic just... Uh, or just some sort of, oh, my God. Like it's prophetic a... fallacy? No. It's, not... <laughs> it's just, like, he's getting called out. Yes, within the yeah, narrative yeah. but then they yeah. keep i was gonna say yeah but then he carries on peeping yeah like, so it's 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 yeah the message is not middles. there yeah it's so bad yeah it's i so don't know that's about all i yeah. don't want to like critique the voyeurism because it doesn't deserve that but no. i was like oh they're gonna do something with this and then they didn't so i love a voyeurism play in film you know what I mean I love the voyeurism like trope or but yeah no this was not done well at all yeah and it was just freaky (laughs) maybe make your protagonist likable and we'll be on board like or not even that but I don't know just so dull interesting yeah he's just boring something I did write in this though and I Mm -hmm. think I did it'll be mentioned everything as well though I love Lana's voice Mm -hmm. she has a really great voice yeah and it's Cali girl in a way Mm -hmm. love it Love her voice. Blind date. Yeah, blind date. Would (laughs) not recommend. Unless you're a big, what, Joseph Bottoms fan. (laughs) Joseph Bottoms. My God, I can't remember his name. (laughs) Who I don't think I've seen in anything else. That's probably for the best. He was not good. I did like his I love my dentist shirt, though. Yeah, I I literally wrote that down. Oh, like, why is he wearing Who Who sold that? And why did he buy it? Yeah. I'm so sorry. Final note. Final note. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Barbarian Queen, 1985. I think this was Lana's first legitimate starring role. Yep, definitely. Directed by Hector Oliveira, and I believe Roger Corman produced again. <laughs> and they filmed in Argentina, but I think it's set in the Roman Empire. Yeah. Some, yeah, some sort of era <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like training them out to be gladiators. And stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mana plays Amethia. The film opens with, it's going to be her wedding day. She's going to yes. get married to this really buff guy whose name I cannot recall. And it doesn't like really... Aragorn. I got an A. Yeah, yeah. Something like Lord of the Rings sounding. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's... Yeah. <laughs> that is a Lord of the Rings character, actually. <laughs> I think it was what, Argon. His name is Argon. 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 Well, we don't need to know that. It doesn't matter. Yeah. 
<laughs> which is great fine which is great yeah, yeah. Oh, i'm so but, excited but... <laughs> smiling like the village is attacked by the king and his evil oh my god what are like soldiers yeah or, yeah, yeah. Or whatever soldiers. they were called yeah. in that time period it's actually kind of a scary scene it just started right away with all these villagers are like getting killed and some are getting taken prisoner by the king and lana gets away because she sets the village on fire to get them to leave. Yeah. And then she finds two of her friends. Oh, love it. And so I was like, oh, sweet. This is going to be about women. And I'm so yep. excited. Yep. And they definitely delivered on that front. But basically about the women going to the kingdom to kill everyone there yeah. and like free yeah. their village. Yeah, their village. Yeah. Learn that like other villages have been taken advantage of and yeah i guess they're just like it's like they're the rebel force i believe and they're defeating the empire but yeah this movie i guess we could just get into it but i wasn't expecting to like this one as much as i did yeah because i'm typically not a fan of i don't know what genre this is but yeah, what's the actual name for it? Which I mean, probably, it's like Deathstalker in that way, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I guess like, like a sword and sandal. That's it, sword and sandal, yes. Kind of movie. But I think it all comes down to the fact that Lana's just incredible in this. She did all her own stunts. Love it. And Love it. It, it's just women like killing men and you can't get better than that. I <laughs> and they're killing rapists and they're freeing women. And oh my God, yeah. I love it so much. It's incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. This is a mother of convention. <laughs> I just love it. I love it. It's wild. And I think it's entertaining too. Yes. Very entertaining. Yeah. Yes. 100%. It feels serious, but like in a good, it, it's not corny or I didn't feel embarrassed. Yeah. I wasn't cringing. Yeah. yeah. I don't even think you should say it. it's not even so bad. It's good. Like it's, mm. it's a good, it's not the most budgeted film, but mm. it's still incredible. It doesn't need it when you got Lana Clarkson being True. total flat, badass. Like. <laughs> I thought the dialogue was pretty good as well. I've written down so many Lana quotes <laughs> from this film. <laughs> and each time I wrote a quote, I've literally ended it by saying, okay, mother. there was a home to go to we'll find a new one i don't care how many of them there are i'll be no man's slave and no man's whore and if i can't kill them all by the gods they'll know i've tried that is like the best line in all of cinema yeah <laughs> incredible and just the way she delivered it like she knew yeah yeah I let you know that I want her to be a motivational speaker because like yeah. how she does her speeches in these films are 
brilliant. She's insane. Oh my God, I literally just see another quote. She says, freedom always matters. Incredible. I love her so much. I love everything she stands for in this film. Oh, oh my God. Okay, yeah, she said mm-hmm. this to the king as well. Sorry, still on the quotes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she said to the king, if you've come to kill me, then just kill me. I don't need to listen to you talk. Oh my God, I love Mother! that. <laughs> Mother, Mother Con. Oh my God, she's such a diva. <laughs> God, I'm obsessed. I'm actually obsessed. Yeah. But like, I literally, I was, I'm so happy, but so shocked that you like this film. Because on yeah, paper. so was I. It's because I was so worried when it started the rape and I was thinking, oh God, here we go. It's another De- Death Stalker 2.0. Like, mm-hmm. I was so worried. But then, yeah, when you see that, they take all the, they take all the villagers and it's only Lana and she like rises up from the ashes because she burns mm-hmm. her, her hut down. And it's incredible. It's yeah. incredible. And she, she gets a bat, she gets there's three of them, and then they get her sister involved. Oh my god. I hate her sister though. I have to say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she does save the day though. I was just gonna say, yeah, she does save the day and she has redeemed herself for that. Very true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but... Still she to. yeah. But oh my god. It's just I think it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. I just think the, the fact that it's all these women coming together and killing rapists and I just love it so much yeah I actually love it I like that Roger Corman made this for Lana and I feel like that kind of shows in the movie there's just a lot of respect towards her character that I think makes a huge difference yes and I believe in that Spectre docuseries they said like for both of them they were kind of hoping this would launch her further into stardom and I think it should have yes yeah, I mean even if you don't like the movie I can't see how you wouldn't like her or see that she has that quality that um, is very true I could but, see there's so much love put into Amafia yeah and you can really tell that straight away and it is actually a crime that this didn't propel her yeah this is brilliant. She is absolutely incredible. She's practically in every scene. I know mm-hmm. she's saying that she's not in the opening scene, but yeah. she, she's in a lot of this film. She is the main mm-hmm. driving force. And here we go. We've come from Blind Date, where we've literally said that the protagonist was awful and was like a serial killer. Mm-hmm. So they go to Barbarian Queen, where the protagonist is one of the best female characters I've ever seen in my life. I love her so much. <laughs> and I'm glad we got that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite kill <laughs> was when there's three of them and they go on the little canoe on the boat uh-huh. and then. They find the woman tied up and this old man is about to like rape her. And then like his camera zooms in on his face and it comes out and Lana's got like a freaking bow to yeah. him or like a sword. <laughs> and I'm like, this is what this film is doing. I love it so yeah. much. It kills him as well. There's no mercy. Yeah. Good. 100% kill them all. It's brilliant. It's so good. Yeah. So much. <laughs> Do you have a favorite kill? <laughs> oh my God. Let me oh my god yes I have a favorite kill yeah it's when okay this seems like really awful I didn't like the scene that much yes I think I know what you're gonna yeah (laughs) she um gets taken in to be tortured basically to get information out of her because they go to the village and they get caught um and just this creepy gross little Mm. man um is like the torture master or whatever and he is I guess he's basically in the process of assaulting her, but she squeezes her. She does her, her kegels. She does yeah, her kegels so <laughs> hard that he falls into a convenient little pit of acid or whatever and dies. <laughs> it's incredible. 
incredible it's incredible she pushes him yeah. now yes i don't like that scene i don't like the scene no. before like the torture scene yeah but of gratuitous nudity yeah but when you're watching this now you're you're well into barbarian queen you know this guy's gonna get mm-hmm. come up and you're waiting for it and it paid off yeah. he got pushed into a vat of acid <laughs> <laughs> what yeah, better way to kill that. him yeah yeah and um, I think maybe that's why I love this film so much. Is that, yeah, they like, they do kill them. You know what yeah. I mean? Like they do straight up. There's no, I don't know. Like, it's just yeah, they, they they've always get their like karma for it, and I love mm-hmm. it. I love it so much. Even lot lot like they win in the end, mm-hmm. and I think that's what makes me so happy. Yeah, I think for me, why I was um, okay with it was because all the the men were just portrayed as being like gross, greasy, disgusting, awful. And they had no other character traits yeah. and then they just died. I feel like the the fact that they were rapists wasn't ever tolerated, even just for them as characters. So I just feel like there's something in the tone of, of the movie that didn't make me too uncomfortable. I definitely think it was a bit too gratuitous at times. Yes. But yeah. then the women were in it enough and had enough personality to kind of balance it out. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and they like the, the women that did die. They died for what they believed in. Like the one that she's getting tortured with, like fire, mm-hmm. and she never gives up where the rebel base is, which I love so much. And then she does die, but like she died with the secret, and mm-hmm. it's just beautiful. Yeah. Um. Also, I was really worried. Wait, we've already said it. What's his name? Ag- Agorn. Agorn. What's his name again? Oh yeah, Argin. Argin. <laughs> yeah, no one cares about him. <laughs> I was like, oh, they didn't portray him as saving the day. Don't want to see this. Yeah. But they actually didn't. Mm-hmm. He was like working women and trying to help the, the, the rebels. But no, it was all women. It yeah. was all women. I love it. So <laughs> and even like the little girl that the was girl. Yes. Yeah, helping them out. Um, I love which, her. Like, why was her voice dubbed over? <laughs> <laughs> it did sound quite bad. It was so funny. I did feel like the ADR was not good. No, like, I really thought a lot bad. of people were dubbed. Yeah. <laughs> that just adds it's fine. to it. I love it. Yeah. yeah. I really love it. It's, it's, it's incredible. This is what we're like calling out to see. These badass women just fighting off these evil men. I love it mm. so much. Why have we not got more of this? Yeah. And then it also wasn't like just that too, which I liked. We got to see their friendship. Yes. And they all yep. had like very distinct personalities. I like the lady who just is like, oh, he's eating. And <laughs> and there's a really sweet moment as well where they get into the weird, like, castle village. Amafia can hear Argon being trained. Oh, yeah. And she can hear his name, but there's, like, a, a like a, a wooden wall that she can't look in and he can't see her. Mm-hmm. And she's, like, just got her head against the wall. So it even shows her humanity and, like, heart. And I love yeah. that so much. Like, Amafia can be badass and kill all these men, but she also, like, she's soft and lovely. Mm-hmm. And I love it. Yeah, you have to be one or the other as a woman in film. So I'm very happy that they like merged all of that in. Yeah, that's true. And she was like really protective of the the little girl and her yeah. sister as well. Yeah, she's always true. looking at the beginning, always looking for. I know it's not that long until they do find her. Mm-hmm. Her, she has really when the battle of like when the massacre happens at the beginning, and she says to her friend, "Where's my sister?" There's her voice is strained, and she's really upset, and she just wants her sister to be alive. And they don't know. And I think even just showing that, she just went through every little range of emotion. And I just love it so much. Yeah. I love this film. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't we have 10 more? (laughs) Yeah. 
I think this for me was my favorite and yeah it's just fun and it was a little tacky but I don't know it just had some charm in that yeah. sense yeah um, I think this for me yeah. could yeah I want to say I think it might be my favorite as well okay I nice so. yeah <laughs> technically I rated too higher but okay. I'll talk about that later but it's not important mm-hmm. <laughs> I just love this film I love this film so yeah. much yeah <laughs> I also like the costumes. I thought they were pretty good quality. But Clarence played such a good part in it as well, because at the mm-hmm. beginning, they're like dressing her up for a wedding day. And then she turns into this glamazon beast. She's got dark clothes <laughs> on. Oh my God, she just looks incredible. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I would totally recommend. Same. 100% same. Yeah. You're not like ready for this film. It's incredible. <laughs> so now we're in 1987 with Amazon Women on the Moon which like was not what I thought it was going to be <laughs> at all. It's literally just loads of skits. Like it's all different. And oh, sometimes okay. you heart back to another skit, especially the Amazon Women on the Moon skit, which is also the one that Lana is in. You see it like three times during the film, which is quite cool because it's basically, it's going to be so hard to, I think what the main plot of this film is that, oh, it's going to be it's so meta. <laughs> Amazon Women on the Moon is a film within this film called okay. Amazon Women on the Moon. And all the things in between are adverts. Oh, it's okay. Not adverti- but some are advertisements. Oh my God, there's such a, there's some funny adverts. There's a closing down cell of an art museum of the Guggenheim. <laughs> <laughs> They've got Van Gogh's. It says, get it all before Van Gogh's. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, good. also, this is like my humor in, in a film. Like it's so funny. But but then there's also like random skits, like there's um like a Siskel and Ebert parody. There's this show called uh, I'm gonna swear, but it's called Bullshit or Not, and it's <laughs> it's about Jack the Ripper, and it basically it's so stupid. They they presume on this show BS or not that Jack the Ripper was actually Nelly the Loch Ness monster, Nessie, Nelly. Nessie the Loch Ness monster, <laughs> and they even show Nessie in Victorian outfit, like stupid. <laughs> and then later on there's another advert for BS or not and it's the Titanic actually happened oh my god I would watch bullshit or not incredible and then so Lana comes into it 57 minutes in and it's oh. only like 85 minutes long Okay, uh, and she is one of the Amazon women on the moon and so basically so hard to, Amazon women on the moon the in movie is basically like a play on like Planet of the Apes type of sci-fi films like from okay. the, I know I'm gonna say from the 50s even though I know Planet of the Apes is not from the 50s <laughs> <laughs> um, kind of like that sort of vibe yeah and where these three astronauts and a monkey as well <laughs> and the monkey's tiny and he has a space suit on as oh. well I love the monkey he's so cute and they're like they're like basically just traveling to the moon and they land on the moon but it's so clearly not a moon <laughs> it's desert <laughs> and the man's fellas we've landed on the moon <laughs> And then basically Lana is like a moon lady. She's incredible. She's wearing this beautiful two-piece. Her hair's up. And because that's something as well with Lana, like I love her curly hair. Mm-hmm. Her hair's up in this film. And she's wearing this like sparkly white beaded jump skirt and top. Skirt and top. And she doesn't know about like men or anything. And she says something. <laughs> Let me find it. So oh, that's it. Oh. She's... So because these are all women on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> um, they've never seen men before it's so when the three men come in and they're like being questioned she says she asks what are men good for 
yes queen she can't stop slaying like yeah can't stop won't stop exactly (laughs) it's perfect and then but then that cuts and then there's all these other skits and then it comes Mm -hmm. back to them and it's i would just love to watch a full amazon woman on the moon film yeah (laughs) i want to see that (laughs) because basically they all the three men and the monkey <laughs> they have a woman each and Lana is with one of the main guys and it's meant to be like a stupid like play so it's just mm-hmm. a bit of a joke it's just funny but where is it oh she sees one of her women and one of the astronauts kiss and so she's like to the man what are they doing and then the man's like I'll show you and it's like really corny stuff like that <laughs> but I was so invested in this yeah. big film that I was like I need to know more like I love these <laughs> two <laughs> And like she had a lot of speaking roles for it as well. It's in two scenes. Like a lot of people are in it and then that's it, gone. Mm-hmm. But I thought that was quite cool. I would recommend this film, but obviously it's not really a Lana centered film. Mm-hmm. But I would just recommend it because I think it's absolutely hilarious. Yeah. That Very sounds fun. Funny. Should we do Haunting of Morella? Yes. Okay, oh let God. me get my notes. Okay, I think we're very mixed or yeah. very opposing okay. on our thoughts. We'll get a little. You'll get some different Ooh, takes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so this is released in 1990, directed by Jim Wynorski. I think this is the only... Or no, I've seen one other movie he did, but he's definitely like a B-movie kind of guy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is another sort of like period piece. Like it's... I think Roger Corman uh, produced it again. I think he's hearkening back to his Vincent Price era. It's based on a Edgar Allan Poe story. Yes. Yeah. I don't know how closely it follows <laughs> that story, but have you read any Poe? Have you? I've read Telltale Heart and like the one with the cat. Oh, I, oh! Actually, I've read the cask of Amontillado. Oh, okay, yeah. but that's it. Yeah, I feel like I didn't read i haven't read a lot of posts no no same he's not one i've gotten into yeah yeah, i'm not into that so maybe that's why i'm not like a huge fan of this movie and there's definitely other reasons (laughs) okay so we have nicole eggert who is in like a dual role she plays her mother and then also like the younger character yeah then we have david mccallum who plays her dad and then lana plays Nicole Eggert's uh, governess. She's also a lesbian in this. Oh my god, I love it so much. (laughs) Incredible. (laughs) Which is perfect. I wanted to like this movie more. She definitely, this is her movie for me anyway. Even not just because I love her, but I just think she's the best and most interesting part. Yeah. It's, the plot is so cool in concept, but it's not executed well at all for me. I guess basically Morella, Lenora's mom, she was killed for being a witch because she was like obsessed with death and living forever and stuff, which is cool. But then Lana wants to possess her daughter with the spirit of Morella. (laughs) That's basically the plot. It's mostly like half of it, I think, is just like nudity. And... But if Lana wanted to bring Mano- Mano- Morello back because like, they were in love. Oh. So there was like some heart behind it. Yeah. 
<laughs> just bringing her back randomly yeah. like yeah. <laughs> and then Lenora falls in love with this banker guy yeah the worst part yeah there's just that I think kind of like yeah subplot I honestly like don't have a ton of thoughts I feel like it wasn't I mean it wasn't very scary it, but it also wasn't that erotic to me interesting yeah I don't know it just felt like like they didn't put a lot of thought into it because just, like, just made, like you like... be nude you be nude candles skeletons i thought the scene when the luana had invited her the other lady that worked there to go with her to the the lake and i guess they were she thought they were gonna have a little moment but then she like murdered her i thought that was pretty cool <laughs> she emerged from the waterfall yeah that was cool incredible <laughs> but it's like you have to do it in a cool way i just yeah. feel like a lot of the time yeah they're just because they could have taken loads of liberties and been way more ca- well i thought it was quite camp anyway but like they could have mm-hmm. you know her coming out of a waterfall like come on up the stakes a bit more as well yeah right? so, no i understand that i also thought nicole egger was really boring she didn't Did like you? i mean i thought she was fine but it's just like she wasn't very good at the same yeah. just the way she I liked her some of her lines I liked her more as Lenora than uh-huh. Morella yeah Morello god these names are so hard these <laughs> yeah I didn't think she created enough of a, a differential or like they weren't separate enough from each other it's because I actually wrote my notes are like when she turns into her there's a clear difference yeah <laughs> I was on board <laughs> okay that's good because yeah. Lenora is virginial and pure, mm-hmm. um, obviously stereotypical, but and Morello is so dark and different. But I did think Nicole Egger did do a good job of switching. But I just yeah. didn't like how she played Morello. Yeah, <laughs> it was kind of cringe. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like I'm trying to look at my notes and think of something to say. Okay, I guess I could talk about Lana. I thought she was amazing. She was so like vampy and just like all the kind of sinister faces she would make were so funny. <laughs> She was so sinister. That's actually yeah. the perfect word. That's why I would always put her in was sinister. <laughs> she was sinister. And I thought too, like I her her stature like fit this role well because yes. normally she was like six foot or something. She was a big girl. You know what yeah. I mean? Like she was tall. She was a whole other woman. Yeah. Like she was tall. Glamazonian, like Yeah. And yeah, this film actually perfectly used that perfectly, actually. Mm-hmm. I didn't think of that actually. That's very yeah. They made her kind of menacing in her height because yes. there's like this one scene when she, I think it's after she gives Lenora the dress and Lenora like stands up and she Lana's head's not even in the frame like she's that tall, <laughs> <laughs> which is good because she's supposed to be the authority and bigger than everyone. And she's doing an accent in this film as well. Yeah, she's doing a posh voice. Yeah, which I thought was incredible. I thought, yes, you go, Lana. It's so good. <laughs> See, she really cared about the character and she mm-hmm. made different acting choices and it really showed in this. Yeah, that's true. This is a very different role. Such um, a different role, yeah. Whereas so much, like, when they put the nudity into it, it actually feels out of place because actually we could have had the governess. I know she's like a witch, but we could have had the governess be, like, so strict and tight-lipped and stuff. But like, Yeah, that's still true. Not. Maybe it would have been better if I know that would be cliche, but that she was more what's the word 
Oh my God, not closet, but just she wasn't really outwardly sexual, but then she would use that to seduce people and then murder them. (laughs) But their problem in that is that they cast a really beautiful woman anyway. So it's like they've got to use her beauty, if that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. Which sucks. If Lana is booked, I'll take it. Yeah, that's true. But I know you like this one, so I want to hear you give it some positive things. Yeah, I, this is one where I went in and I did not think I was going to like it. But mm-hmm. I think at this point, I was like, I've seen a lot of, I've seen loads of Lana's B-movies. Nothing can phase me now. So I actually leaned into its silliness. And it's, mm-hmm. I don't want to, if I did, I loved it. And in fact, I really don't know if it's my number one or my number two, because I love Barbarian Queen. But technically, I rank this higher. Okay. Technically, I gave Amazon Women four stars, but you can't really compare Lana in that to these. So mm-hmm. I think actually this could be my favorite Lana film. <laughs> like I just Whoa. love this film. Oh, I can't choose. I can't choose. I can't choose. Okay, Maybe it's second. Maybe to. it's very close second. But I just think as a film overall, it's better as well. But yeah, I loved it. I thought let's lean into its campiness. Let's lean into this like gothic horror vibe it's going in for. I was so on board. But yeah, for me, it's the accent Lana does in this. It's the clothes. It's the hair being pulled up. I know mm-hmm. like you mentioned her hair, but this is very important, especially with women. Her hair's off her face. It's all up. She's She looks the part of a governess. I love her authority over the men when she goes to like, the banker. And she's conniving. She's doing all the scenes. Like she's she knows that the... Gideon, the main guy, who's also now blind. Oh my god! Oh wait, yeah, man. second blind film. Like, <laughs> yeah. What, he why was wears, he blind? He also wears shades in this that, like, I did. That looks too modern for me. Yeah, like, they were cool, like, but like not. They're kind of like period. aviators. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like, I liked um, but but I love how yeah, like conniving and sinister Lana is in this. This is mm-hmm. this is a role we've not seen her in. She's been so lovely and, and she's been so kind in her other roles. Whereas in this one, she's sneaky. And I mm-hmm. love that. But for me, I think the number one thing that's the best thing in this film is that she is a lesbian. Yeah. <laughs> lesbian Lana! I can't believe it took us all this long. Oh, but I love yeah, it. Yeah, like I legitimately. Queer film. She's actually gay. This yeah. Is perfect. Oh, yeah. I did put Lana Bafta's scene a bit suggestive. It was. Mm-hmm. Like, it was definitely. She was like moaning and stuff. Girl, you're just taking a bath. Clean yourself. Just clean yourself. <laughs> I mean, oh that's my God, the funniest she's... thing about people taking baths or showers in movies is no one does it like that in no, real life. No. There's no urgency. There's no suds in the hair. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah, that was cracking me up. But in that scene, she does say to her hot redhead girlfriend, oh, there's not a living soul I'd rather spend the evening with than you. I could stop smiling. I could not stop smiling. I love it. I love the gaze. It was beautiful. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I love that she was in love with Morello. And it was so obvious. There's like flashbacks, basically, that Morello has like an unknown assailant in her Mm -hmm. witchcraft days and it's obviously it's, it's lana yeah um, there's so five characters exactly who else would it be <laughs> yeah the baby like <laughs> so also lana doing witchcraft love to see it and when she yeah. does her witchcraft she has her hair out mm-hmm. she's got her curly hair back beautiful i loved it so much also i love just with the film itself i love gothic mm-hmm. horror i love the gothic horrorness of it there's literally a bit when lenora hears a bump in the night and she gets a candelabra and she's in her nightgown, yeah. and she's got the candelabra, <laughs> and I was like, this is incredible. Yeah. I just, it was so, I mean, it's so cliche, but I love it. I love mm-hmm. stuff like that. 
I want to be in a Victorian mansion with a candelabra, like looking around, like. <laughs> and Lana Clarkson trying to kill you. <laughs> I will take it, please. Yeah. <laughs> what was that nightmare sequence, though? Oh, so terrifying. That was and there was really good. I couldn't look when she opened the box. There was like spiders. So I was oh, like, no, yeah. oh, I couldn't look. I couldn't look. <laughs> but then the hand came out. Yeah. Like, scary. This is quite low key scary. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm going to say it. That, that bit was. was. Yeah. Yes, 100%. That was cool. Also, I also there's a lot of body horror in this one as well because the skeleton's mm. quite scary or yeah. at least quite gruesome and gory. And they it show has up boobs. <laughs> <laughs> I did not notice that actually. That's so funny. It had a shirt on with convenient holes. <laughs> Sorry, oh, like this movie needs to stop with that. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot, right? <laughs> but yeah, the skeleton effects were cool. Yes, I thought they looked really yeah. good. Like the blood on the face. Oh yeah. my god. That was very good. Um, but I, I like that aspect of it, I think. And I think I just, mm-hmm. I don't know, I really liked Edgar in it. Like, I really liked Lenora. I don't know why. And I just felt like the governess, Lana, she was a good foil to her. Yeah. Um, and she wasn't even mean to, to Lenora. Like, she That's was still true. nice. And I love that about Lana's characters. Mm-hmm. But, like, obviously, she did have ulterior motives. She wanted to reincarnate her dead lover. But love is love, Louise. Oh, true. <laughs> it is that, yeah. Who am I to judge? townsfolk exactly. so maybe she's really not the villain it's the town's it's the people yeah it's society yeah yeah <laughs> also the opening scene is literally the the burning yeah it's crazy that's mad yeah i just looked down on one of my notes and i did just write down lana with a pickaxe killing the reverend in a black lace kimono sleigh <laughs> that's it <laughs> Can't get better than that. I could just see... I could just watch Lana kill a man all the time. Like, it's yeah. <laughs> I do think the, the ending, she gets shot. And that yes. was actually really traumatizing. Yeah, I didn't. Um, and actually, I'll tell you what. 
that didn't hit me until later when I was like, oh my god, they they really they shot her. That's how she died in this film, and I don't. Yeah. Too close to home. I don't. I don't like stuff like that. It's too. Yeah. Nah. Yeah. No, no, no. And also, really. Sorry, not to be shallow, but it's a really hor- really boring death for yeah, the governess, like... who's like our main villain. It's a bit of a cop out get- death. Mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like no one, nothing else could kill her. But I assume you would recommend. I really would. I love okay. it. <laughs> I just. I think I just lean into it being rubbish and bad. Yeah. And I was just like on board. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. So we got on Barbarian Queen 2, yeah? Oh yeah. my god. Okay. Still 1990, but sadly we are actually at the last of our Lana films. And this is Barbarian Queen 2, colon, The Empress Strikes Back. What a title. Say no more. Incredible. You already know what it's going for. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. But also, yeah, like I said earlier, not a sequel. Sequel only in name and star. Lana's come back. She's playing a whole different character. Her name's Ophelia. Joe Finley, director. Nobody. Roger Corman back to produce. I love Lana. I love him so much. She is the princess. We find at the beginning her dad is dead, who is the king. So they oust her out. There, she's got a the only other woman in the castle is like this 12-year-old girl whose dad has now taken over. And she's like, I'm gonna be queen one day. And she turned into a right evil cow. And she like she makes Lana like kiss her feet and stuff. And like oh she's really horrid. She's, she's tyrannical. You watch this film and you root for the death of this 12-year-old. Like she is <laughs> evil in it. So they oust Lana out and then she finds a band of surviving women. And oh my god, they take her back to the village. She has to initiate herself in the group, so she fights this other woman, and they have a fight in the mud, like classic. Lana pours water over her. They're all muddy and wet. Like, oh my god! <laughs> what do we expect at this point? Yeah. Um, but then what she does is she rises above and she leads the villagers. We have a training montage as well of them wow. like getting ready to fight. She's got a kind of her squeeze on the inside. He's due to marry the evil twelve-year-old. Oh. He goes out to try and find Lana to bring her back to the castle with an other evil guy. And then with the evil guy, they tie him up and they like take his trousers off and they like whip him and stuff. It's oh. brilliant. Oh my God. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> and then basically, yeah, it's just building up to they're going back to the castle and they fight. Oh, because they find out that yes, so Lana's dad is definitely 100% dead. They've seen his body. And so she's the rightful heir. So they go back and she fights for her crown. Mm. We do get a torture scene. No, do you what? No, not a lot of rape, which I'll take. Okay. One instance, but then Lana actually kills a rapist before he does anything to a girl, which is like incredible. But yeah, she finally she's good learned. Back. Exactly. We're in the last <laughs> film, but you know what? Fine. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, they just go back to the castle and they fight and it ends happily ever after. I loved it. Good. <laughs> it was just a bit of fun and I leaned into it like Morello with, I leaned into the campiness, into kind of badness. And I just went along with it. You know what? I was so hyped to see Lana in Barbarian Queen garb again. Do you know what I mean? I, yeah. I didn't care that it's not a, a direct sequel. I just love seeing <laughs> Lana kill men when she has this beautiful outfit. If you like Barbarian Queen, you like this one, I think. Okay, cool. It's a lot. I don't know how to explain it. Barbarian Queen 1 was just iconic, though. And mm-hmm. I don't think anything can touch that. But this is a fine companion film as well. Okay. Oh my god, wait, there is a great bit though, actually. Okay. When she's got the man tied up, the evil man tied up, mm-hmm. he says to her, you haven't destroyed me yet. And so she says, now I know that I can. Yeah. <laughs> Get with that word play. Yes, yes, <laughs> I will kill you yet. Yeah, I will. Not yet, but I will. Oh, incredible. 
Oh my god, wait. Oh my god, this line goes hard. Are you ready? Yeah. I can't remember like, what the context was, but she says, I have no guilt to haunt my nights. Oh. Wow. That that I think she was saying that to the evil guy. Yeah. That goes hard. Like <laughs> I have no guilt to haunt my nights. Beautiful. Incredible. It's nice to watch movies that were mostly just fun for the yes. most part. Yes, but didn't want to make me tear my eyeballs out. Yeah. But it was fun. It was what the majority of them were. Um, <laughs> the lot of the films we've been watching have been good in a way, but like depressing, like yeah, and yeah. sad. But with this, it will get sad. But I loved watching her films, and mm. I really it did not take it did not take long. But I just grew to love her as well. When I loved seeing her on screen, I felt safe with her. I felt comfortable with her. Mm. Not a lot, not a lot of actresses can do that, and I think she did it very well. She just portrayed such a gentle kindness on screen, and just loved yeah. her. I loved watching her. Yeah, I think I just watched one of her movies, and I was like, that was it. Yeah, I just yeah, I need to watch yeah. more. <laughs> The first bit when I saw her in Deathstalk, I was like, oh no, I'm going to fall hard. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh no. <laughs> and I love that she was yes. able to to portray that. And yeah, just always be the best part of her movies. Yeah, okay. Uh, I guess we got to do the other stuff. Yes. Sorry, my voice just cracked really bad there. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> I guess after 95 or 6 or something, she wasn't really getting offered roles or going where she wanted to go at this point in her career. It had been like 10 years, 15 years, something like that. So she'd done a lot of TV shows, um, like sitcoms and stuff. She did a lot of commercials. And before, shortly before her death, she was working on... Lana Unleashed, yes, which was it. like this comedy reel sort of thing that she made of all these different sketches. And she sent those out yeah. to people or I don't know, like producers like, and yeah, managers. Scouts. Yeah. But then shortly after that, she fell and broke her wrists. And so I think she had to basically... To, she I couldn't know, she, do anything. She couldn't hold yeah, a pen. She couldn't, do she couldn't do anything. She had to just yeah. rest. Yeah, for a year, I think. Yeah. yeah, that was a long time. So then that kind of dashed her her dreams to do anything with maybe if she got some offers with the real. So then she started working at the House of Blues as a hostess slash waitress, and this was just to tide her over, I guess, because she had some parts that were upcoming. I think she was going to do like a one-woman show. Yeah, and she had a comedy. Marilyn Monroe. And... Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She was writing stand-up. She stand really up. went to go into comedy. Yeah. yeah. So I guess, yeah, that kind of leads us to the night of her death, yes. which is when her paths crossed with Phil Spector, who there's a whole history there that's not that hard to find so I'm not going to yeah. like go into too much detail with that but he was basically a recluse for like 20 years or something at this point an article was written about him that made him very unhappy because he did give this interview and he consented to this interview but he didn't like how he came off in it yeah. um 
And so he went out for the night to go drinking and he got super drunk. He came to the House of Blues and Lana was at the door that night and she didn't know who he was. She thought he was a woman. And so that totally wounded his ego. Kind Um, of brilliant move from Lana. Yeah. Such a roast. That's so Um, Lana. Yeah. And then everyone, whoever owned, not the owner, because that was Dan Aykroyd, but someone else there was like, oh, that's Phil Spector. And so she was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And she just, she really went out of her way to make it up to him and apologize. He invited her back to his house or castle mansion. I don't know, whatever. The castle. And she was like, no, I, I have to work. And, but he eventually convinced her to. And I think she just felt bad for him because he was like completely wasted. And yeah. I think she also felt bad because she didn't know who he was. Yes. Um, and so they went back to his house and we don't know what happened. We don't know what yeah. they said to each other. My assumption is that he tried to keep her there make advances towards her and she was having none of this because he did have a very long history as we learned uh during the trial of doing this to women um and then she ended up getting shot in the head and that started all of what we'll be talking about next but yeah so that is basically the timeline of the events of her death and I think it was really upsetting to know that they she didn't know him they didn't yeah. know each other yeah. and it she it was just out of the kindness of her heart yeah. that she ended up getting murdered um and then I think after her death too she still wasn't getting any respect yes yeah. it was just all about Bill Spector and nothing about her and when they would talk about her, they would describe her as a B-movie actress. And that's all they would lead into. And it was mm-hmm. like, well, I mentioned that. She was an actress. Just say that. Yeah. I like that the, one of the officers who was interviewed for that yeah. uh, docuseries said he really hated that they described yeah. her like that. And he felt it was like intentionally derogatory. Yes, it was degrading. Yeah. yeah. Because... And it was. That's yeah. what the journalism do. That's what they do. Yeah what the media does um and i i don't obviously want to go into phil Spector, but we also have yeah. to put into context that he was a very famous music producer very well known as well and mm-hmm. so this is coming off the back of this is 2003 this is los angeles this is coming off the back of the oj trial where he didn't get convicted or the robert blake trial where he didn't get convicted so this is all simmering into can we actually convict a famous person for doing this mm-hmm. as well I mean, I also like Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's it, it just a weird chain of events. He had a really long history of gun violence and abuse yes. of women. Yeah. And yeah. it's just like, why didn't anybody do anything sooner? Exactly. And then that Lana had to pay the price. Yes. Yeah. There's a line in the film we're going to talk about where this woman says to Helen Mirren's character, like, if he do- if you don't if he doesn't get arrested for this, then who will be the next girl? Mm-hmm. And that's it's just it's so true, but it's just it just hurts. Like Alana had to be the martyr in this situation. Mm-hmm. 
it had to be her. And like, I hate that so much. I'm glad I guess I was born or grew up not knowing Phil Spector as the music producer. I'd always known of him as a murderer. And I think that's how he should be remembered. I don't know. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to say because he was very influential and he produced a lot of great music, but he was a murderer and an abuser. Yes. So. Yeah, maybe we could just get into the movie and kind of, yes. you know, elaborate on those yeah, thoughts. Yeah. Garbage film. Oh, my God, this film was so <laughs> bad. What the hell? Who, why did they make this? I don't know, but I think it's like an HBO original or whatever you And it like that. looks like it. I'm yeah. sorry. It, it's not to hate on the HBO originals, but it just looked like a TV film. Yeah. <laughs> it looked really bad. Came out in 2013, so I guess yes. they were like trying to coincide maybe with the 10th anniversary of, of yeah. Lana's murder, which, like, I hate that. Yeah, um, Especially yeah. when this film doesn't give her a voice or anything. No. Like, oh, my God. There's no Lana in this. It was written and directed by David... Is it Mamet or Mamet? I always, I read it as Mamet, but Mamet. I actually don't know. And I, don't, I didn't know this person either, but people yeah. seem to love him. Yeah. <laughs> I guess he's came under fire recently for saying that, like, all male teachers are pedophiles or something. I don't give a crap about his opinions. Yeah, no. Especially after watching this movie. Exactly, yeah. So you have Al Pacino. Oh, my God. (laughs) Phil Spector. Yeah, wow. Audrey, are you ready for this? (laughs) Yeah. Al Pacino got Emmy nominated for this film. (laughs) (gasps) No. Yeah. He got Emmy nominated for this garbage film he's in. And even worse is his performance in this film. Wow. He got Emmy nominated. Shouting equals good acting. Duh. Hello. Sarcastic. (laughs) And he wore (laughs) wigs. Oh, my God. Wow. I. Yeah. Sorry. I can't believe believe that. (laughs) Helen Mirren also got nominated. But I'll tell you what. I'm fine with that. Okay. I don't like her. She was fine. For Helen Mirren, I was underwhelmed. But yeah. So she plays Linda Kenny Baden, who was Spectre's one of Spectre's attorneys in his first trial. And man, they really whitewashed her character here. And I learned because she was paid to be an advisor on this film. So I was like, oh, that explains everything. <laughs> Which I can get more into it when we go into synopsis. Yeah. Yeah, they're kind of, I guess, like the main people. I mean, you have like Jeffrey Tambor, who plays another one of the attorneys. Chiwetel Ejiofor's in it for yeah. one scene. And I was like waiting for his scene. I was like, where yeah. is Chiwetel? <laughs> he was the best part, though. He was actually, he was very good. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's just, that's about it. I don't really, I couldn't find anything about critical reception. I don't really know. If people cared about it when it came out. <laughs> it So with the Emmys, it got nominated for 11. <gasps> yeah. So I think it was sadly <laughs> critically received. <laughs> 11? Yeah, it got 11 noms. And more noms than other, other awards, if that makes sense. Other award shows. Not just Emmys. Yeah. <laughs> I'm... S- Oh my yeah. god. I gotta I know, process right? this. Yeah, right? What the hell? <laughs> the film opens and immediately I'm just like, this 
I don't, what was the point of this film? Because they said something of, I, I have I, so much to say. Sorry, I have so much to say. What, <laughs> let me, maybe, do you think they say like on IMDb what the wording was? Oh, I took a photo of it. I took a photo of it. Okay, can I took you a photo read of it. it for us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this oh, is the but... opening title card. Yeah, okay. Before, yeah, before everything. So this film, which is obviously, it's called Phil Spector. It's mm-hmm. about a real life case, a real life murder. A real life this trial. Is exactly, real life trial. This is real life. Yeah. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is what it says. Opening credit, opening title card. Mm-hmm. This is a work of fiction. It's not based on a true story. It is a drama inspired by actual persons in a trial, but it is neither an attempt to depict the actual persons nor to comment upon the trial or its outcome. Well, why like, are you making who, the film now? Yeah, what ma- what's the point? What is a make a courtroom drama that you don't have to? About... This is what we have with the Black Dahlia film. Yeah. Why on earth would you name it after something that's real and happened and then be like, oh yeah, by the way, this is a work of fiction. That yeah. didn't, you like absolve all your crimes or anything. Like, I think it's absolutely disgusting Yeah. that they put that. I could not believe it. I, I literally, I was like, take a photo. I was like, yeah, <laughs> good. A work of fiction. Like, that's such a, a cop out because yeah. then you're basically not holding yourself accountable, but you know that you're lying and you're painting this in a untruthful manner and that's how they started the film so already i'm like what message are you trying to send but then they're like they're they're, they're literally saying oh it's not an attempt to depict anything that happened or to comment on the trial but a film is meant to comment on things (laughs) a film comments on things and what this film is commenting on is i genuinely feel like i actually gotta say i think they think phil is innocent Mm -hmm. i think the director said that he actually said that. Oh my god! So yeah, of course the there is a message, even if that's not what they intended. Every film has a message. Yeah, that's yeah. I actually was really pissed it. off when I saw that. I was absolutely in shock. I could yeah. not believe it. You have the story in real life of this guy who spends all of his life playing playing around with firearms, and then somebody gets killed, so everyone assumes that he must have done it. That's part of a larger story of a guy who always felt, in my myth, inferior. So whatever he accomplished, it was insufficient until finally, 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 the humanities or the furies uh, catch up with him. This is not an indictment of the victim, but it's an attempt to look at it fall from grace as a mythological story rather than as a, uh, a news story. It opens with the for CCTV footage of Lana and I was gonna say Al. Oh my god, Lana and Phil <laughs> leaving House of Blues. The mu- this is what made me really mad though. I was gonna swear that mm-hmm. I had to stop myself. This is what made me really mad was that they're playing the Righteous Brothers's Unchained Melody. Unchained Melody. That's it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Now this is what made me so angry in the Spectre docu series that we also watched, mm-hmm. which is excellent. Yeah, watch that. Watch that. Don't watch this. Lana's lawyer literally said to the judge, we are not playing any of his music in the trial. This is not what... He's not on trial for his music. He's on trial for murder. No mention of him being a musician or a producer was in the trial because that's not what the trial was about. So why does this film then immediately play one of his songs? Disgusting. Yeah, the whole soundtrack. The whole... Actually, every too. single one yeah. of his songs. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. We get another Righteous Brothers song. We got Love the Feeling. I just can't. I can't believe it. I can't yeah. believe it. That they it literally, this is what the lawyers fought against. 
Yeah. Because that's they're a not really that puts good you in your point. head though. They're like, oh my god, but this guy made my favorite songs. Mm-hmm. No. That's literally why the lawyers didn't use any of his songs in the trial. Yeah. And he wanted to because yes. he knew. He knew he could get the it jury be like, oh wait, I've got memories of this song. Yeah. He couldn't have killed her. Like, oh my god, I didn't for them to play that. Yeah. And that's a good song. So I don't want to associate it with the I don't know. Yeah, th- I guess that's a whole conversation though too is do you I did I did separate? bring this I brought this up with a colleague of mine and it was with with the spec sorry, with the Ronettes musics. Yeah. It's you should still be able to listen to them because actually he also abused them as well. Yeah. So if you're not going to listen to them, then that's actually him winning in a way. Mm-hmm. Champion them as musicians. I personally I need some time. I need yeah. some time to listen to this. I don't think I could listen to any of his songs. I need time. Just think about it. I guess the good thing is that he's dead, so he's not getting yeah. the, the money from it. But I I need time. Because I love all that music. Mm-hmm. And the Christmas album. I need time. Yeah. <sighs> Sucks. I don't know. I think I think I could be in the future. I just, right now. Mm-hmm. At least it's not him singing. That's true. And yeah, then that, now that... it's, you have the association. Yeah. Because usually you're not aware. But then I like went on Wikipedia. I was like, oh, I like a lot of these songs. Yeah. So now I know I put it together. Yeah. It really does. It sucks. And I know it's a really juvenile way of saying it, but it just <laughs> it does. And my love for Lana goes bigger than some songs. Yeah. So like I said, I'm just going to wait a bit. I think I just need some time. Yeah. It's still raw. Yeah. But yeah, so then overall, like her, like Lana's life is more important to me than like any of this. Yeah. And I think that's what's like helping me get through all of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's true though. I'm glad you brought that up because I was really surprised that all of the songs, like they specifically chose these songs. So like, it's awful, isn't it? It's so bad. It's so bad. But that's especially over this recreation of the footage, which like, I think they're already sending a message about Lana because I feel like in that in the docuseries, they did show the footage. And to me, it looked more like just trying to make sure he was okay. He was like getting into his car safely. And like in the movie, they just show her like standing there, like waiting to get in the car. It actually looks like she's going there because she like wants to in a way. She's up for it. And it's, yeah, no, that's awful. So yeah, I don't, it already, the body language and stuff was like, okay, they're gonna, they're gonna be hating on her in this movie. Yeah. And I was right. Yeah, but then we just get right into it with the defense team. They're they're just talking like a mile a minute. And I don't think that was a good idea because if you, if there's no context, then how are you supposed to like grasp any of this? And I feel like they were doing that on purpose too. Here's all this information and we're only showing this one side of this information. Um. And it, yeah, it's just already uh, an overload yeah. of words and facts. It's, you're straight into it and they do yeah. just bombard you with stuff. I, I made sure to finish the docuseries before watching this just so I could actually have the proper facts because, yeah, this film only shows one side mm-hmm. for sure. 
and not really though two at the same time they just focus on the gun and the blood splatter stuff but it's they're not they don't really show how the defense was like we're actively working to make this kind of a joke almost like they wanted specter to wear his crazy ass wigs and not be respectful at all because that was that they wanted that to be the point of focus not that he murdered someone yeah so i didn't like that the movie was showing everyone is like oh we're just doing our job we're good lawyers specter's the weird one and i think they also show that with linda being very doubtful of specter's innocence which obviously i'd be like yeah same yeah but i think they this is making sure that linda is in the good books of society being like yeah Mm -hmm. no i never believed him that's why she's a freaking producer on it because i even if you watch interviews of her even after the trial even in the docuseries she yeah. was saying some crazy stuff. So it's like, we know yeah. you're lying, Linda. <laughs> exactly. Don't try and portray her like this. I'm yeah. not having that. No way. Because I literally put in my thing, Linda was against him? Question mark? Yeah. <laughs> no, mm, she wasn't. No. And I know that sometimes lawyers, they'll say things to doubt it so that they can come up with an argument and a response. But no, she was just straight up not believing him. And it was just a bit like, oh, no, you're not painting her to be the good person. No mm. way. Defense lawyer are scum of the earth, and she is one of them. Yeah, no, I'm not liking this. Mm -hmm. This is supposed to be like the behind the scenes, you know, behind the scenes, she's not doing any of this. I don't know, it's just so weird. Yeah, and I also think they just didn't a case well for Spectre to show up, and I think they did that on purpose. They want you to be waiting for him, teasing it. Yeah. And then he's already just right off the bat, really weird, always rambling about something. Yeah. And it just felt like such a caricature. And I think that diminishes the actual sociopath he was. So, I, yeah, I don't know if you had thoughts, but I just feel like they were trying to make give him a pass. Oh, see, I feel... Of... I do, it's tricky. I do feel, I don't know, because what I just said, but I do feel like they're like passing all the blame onto him, whilst uh-huh. also being like, oh, but he's just a bumbling old man. Like, he's innocent. Yeah. He's just a bit crazy. He, just, he didn't kill someone. He's just crazy. And that's dangerous. I also don't think Al Pacino should have played him. No. You can't get someone as Al Pacino to play him. I'm sorry. That just feeds in. <laughs> this is probably what Spectre wants. I'm sorry. And you're just mm. feeding into it. Ugh. Yeah, he didn't like, sound like him either. He was doing Pacino voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not, Linda, that you have to go against the tide. Some people, some people, that's all they can do. You understand? Our friend Lawrence, five foot four, S&M freak, greatest general that ever lived. End of his life, he retired, took on a false name, enlisted as a private What did he want? Money? Fame? They made him sick. What he wanted is what he had in the desert. What he wanted was privacy. They tried to make him out to be just more of a crazy old fool than this genius. Yeah. But what what do you think? I I can't really put into words, but it just felt wrong. Yeah, yeah. And maybe that's I think that's the weird thing about Spectre, though, was he was so weird and yeah. outward about it, but yeah. he was also really scary and off-putting, yes. and I feel like this movie just makes him just a little goofy. Maybe he's not quite right in the head, but he's ultimately well-meaning, and no, if you watch any interview, even of young Spectre, like, he oh, was yeah. just 
really scary. I can like, yeah, it's just terrifying. Yeah. So I didn't like his portrayal, but I, I couldn't decide what they were trying to do because he did come off quite unhinged, but also it seemed like they were trying to say he was innocent. Exactly. I think when he, he came off as unhinged, but not in the way that Spectre was. Yeah. It is more like cartoony and for a film. And that's mm-hmm. why I think it loses it. Because like you said, he was terrifying. He was scary. And it does. Yeah, it is. it's so tricky because I, I, it does shift the blame <laughs> onto him, but then it also doesn't. Like, yeah. With what they'll show later on and stuff and what the lawyers say. And he, I think he describe. has a monologue as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, he has he a monologue, a later on. monologue Oh, so many flipping monologues. He does a monologue about what really happened, and this is actually quite near to the end of my notes. But mm-hmm. so I can't. I sound so bad. I can't say what monologue it is. But he's <laughs> saying what happened the night yeah. of the shooting, and it's, if you didn't know about the case, you would believe that because mm-hmm. it's Al Pacino telling you this. I just think it's really dodgy. And then I also put in the same line. Yes, okay. The title card does say it's fiction, but I'm sorry, you're gonna forget about that title card. Yeah. Once you're watching this. And so just portraying that is so bad. And yeah, I just think, I just, just I don't even know where to go with that. But it's just horrid. Like, it's I don't like, like the yeah. stuff. It just feels like purposefully really convoluted. Yeah. Like they're trying to confuse you so that you don't know what to think when to me in real life is a very open and shut case. Yes. Same. Not just because I love lana but i don't know you got, yeah. come on look at the evidence it's just like, come on yeah this yeah <laughs> this man is... but yeah and they don't another thing too is they don't present the prosecuting side whatsoever so yeah, then no, no. even if this evidence or the evidence or whatever they're using isn't true we don't have anything to oppose it Yeah. yeah, then it's they're not supplying us with the full story. That's so bad. Yeah. And they want to say that they're not providing a commentary on what happened. <laughs> yeah, it's sure. <laughs> so one-sided. And very obviously so too. Yeah. Yeah. And I also, I'm gonna say it. I think making the film 90 minutes is also very telling. Where like they were like, we're not gonna tell you everything. Mm-hmm. And it's that's lazy filmmaking to me. How can yeah. you put this whole trial into a 90-minute film? Like, no. They don't even show the second trial. <laughs> no, they're just like, oh, it just happened. And oh, he I went to it. prison. Bye, Linda. At one point, I just wrote, I'd rather just watch the trial footage. Like, yeah. I would get more out of it <laughs> than this movie. I, I feel like the Spectre docuseries was so well made that it made this film look so crap. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because, yeah, and they also, for a courtroom film, they barely show the courtrooms. Yeah. I don't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> So this film is actually showing you all the evidence as to why Spectre didn't kill Lana. And I hate to say that because I obviously believe he did. Mm-hmm. But that's just so dodgy. That's not right. Yeah. They're not showing any opposing arguments. I know I hate the man in real life. I hate Phil Spectre. But I can still appre- take Eric Roberts in Star 80, obviously. I hated him, but I loved the performance. Alan, this is awful. He's awful. <laughs> it's, but it's a shame because obviously I know this is 2013, but like 90s Al just ruined him you know what I mean acting why he's like shouty now and that's what he does in this film and it's just mm-hmm. yeah it sucks because I love Al Pacino it's just sh- yeah he's rubbish in it yeah and it's the monologues and it's the stupidness of that and it's just so dumb hate it 
and just oh look the, at me like oh yeah I hate yeah it. I thought, the I hate showman yeah of it all both yeah. for his performance but then also for the character too like i just feel like giving him so much screen time is almost yeah. like a bad idea because... and it's like sorry no, no you're good. Say, Go who doesn't have a voice and who doesn't have screen time yeah is lana yeah i guess we could get into that but every single point she's in this film i think is either to mock her yes. or to show her photos of the actress playing her dead body so i guess at least they it's didn't show the real crime scene photos but i don't know the effect is is still the same um yes. and also i don't like there's a picture of her on the wall and it is an actress as her and it's like why didn't they just get the real lana yeah. use her real headshot and she, it was an actress when they showed her real as well, wasn't it? It wasn't Lana. Yeah. What? <laughs> also, with that real, I thought it was weird. So we learned that they showed that real in real life yes. to her Lana Unleashed thing to the uh, jury, so they yes. could, so they could make fun of her. Yeah. But then degrade her once more. Made the jury actually like her more. But then in the movie, they're using it solely to degrade her. We don't um, see anyone reacting to it, how actually they react to it in real life with love. Yeah. It's just them, yeah, sniggering at it. Disgusting. Yeah. And I wouldn't, if I'd just seen this movie and not the docuseries, then I would have assumed that, I guess, that it didn't mean anything to the yeah. people watching it. Yeah, I just feel like that's another example of them purposely leaving out details to support their perspective. Yeah. I feel like she barely is in this anyway. They just, yeah. they talk about her a lot. But just nothing on her side either. Like her mom was yeah. at the courtroom all the time. Her mm -hmm. lawyers, nothing. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. Awful. It feels as well, they're trying to make this almost comical. Because there's one scene where they're, the defense team is talking to this doctor. And they yeah. want the doctor to say, or I guess not say, they're the there's a 95% chance this type of bullet wound could or would be would be suicidal yeah basically. so then they're like but then there's like a 5% chance we don't want to put that down and they just go back and forth yeah. with that and it's clearly meant to be funny but it's like this shot killed someone I yeah. don't see how anyone would ever think that was okay yeah. I think that was funny then they say Dr. Spitz your various credentials we should add my publication oh yeah we will we will add your publication 35 years in forensic exactly now in your career you have investigated over over 10,000 instances of gunshot wounds fatal yes gunshot wounds to the head good uh and then they show you the diagram and they say have you ever in 35 years that wound the angle of that wound is absolutely inconsistent with any but a self-inflicted wound. Um, I'd put it simpler. I don't understand. Um, I would say I've only ever seen that as a self-inflicted wound. That's right. 95% that is a self-inflicted wound. No, Dr. Spitz, you cannot say 95%. Oh, I beg your pardon. I was just using that as a figure of speech, not each sure. Good, but you know, to the prosecution, you say 95%. On cross-examination, you've just admitted there is a 5% chance that it is not a self-inflicted wound. Is there a 5% that somebody else shot her? There is no chance. Then do not say 95%. It was just a figure of speech. And then they also call back on it later when they're in court and he's 95%. Don't say it. And it's like, what the fuck? 
Yeah. What was that all about? Yeah. And also, I think that's really hard, nasty to put that in the film because obviously, in real life, in the first trial, the jury was hung 10, 10 to 2, 10 thinking he was guilty, 2 mm-hmm. thinking he was innocent. And I fear maybe that was what swayed them. And so they're putting that in again to make mm-hmm. people think he's innocent. And it's disgusting to me. Yeah. And there's also actually no proof that it was a suicidal. Yeah. I think if you just look at common sense, like, yeah. why would this woman go to a mansion that has a gate? It's Phil Spector's mansion. Man, go she's inside, never met before. Yep. Find a gun in his yep. house. And kill herself. Like, oh my god. Come it doesn't on. even make sense. No. There's no justification that yeah. it would ever have been a suicide. I'm sorry. If yeah. you believe that you're an idiot. Like, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Disgusting. Um, oh, and then another thing I liked, or I guess that I thought it was interesting, the docuseries pointed out was oh, yeah. the missing na- acrylic nail. Yes. Because yeah. there was... That was proof that she couldn't have shot herself because it proved that she had put up a struggle and yes. her part of her nail had gotten shot off. Yes. But it was By missing. putting your hands up yeah. to your face. It was missing from the crime scene. But not before someone who was there, a woman who was there, saw a doctor take it, basically. Yeah. And yeah, I think that further proves that Spectre killed her and then wanted the evidence to be cleaned up but but do they show that in this film no no not at all not at all not at all no yeah it's just funny honestly like how they just really focus on this one thing the the gun and the suicide thing and that's and they can't show anything else because then that would prove that specter was a murderer exactly it just feels so like cyclical like it doesn't actually go anywhere why did they even make this movie because it just felt like they were trying to continue the cycle that lana you know either deserved what she got or was just a crazy woman or just all those things that they said in the press just felt like another way to perpetuate that um it's nasty they don't even mention what the whole climate of the trial was like or what news outlets were saying or what people were thinking i think there were so many directions they could have gone even if they wanted to have their certain perspective they just didn't do anything with it i'll tell you what yeah one thing that's just popped into my mind that was actually pro lana thank god was the protesters yeah there was always these protesters outside the, the courthouse. courthouse. That's it, yeah. I can't <laughs> think of the word. And outside his castle. And they had mm-hmm. Justice for Lana placards. And then someone threw like, fake blood at him. And I cheered. And I was like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Vindication. I love to see him sweat and suffer. And I was like, oh yeah, someone had a sign saying, repent or burn. And I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> I love this. So like, I'll be there with a Lana top on. So I like that. But then that was it. Was yeah. It. <laughs> Nothing else. <laughs> Plus, I think they were just trying to be like, oh, look at all these crazy protesters. But I didn't see it that way. No, no. I did I did see it as like a beacon of hope for Lana's case. But yeah. <laughs> but the, the bar is on the floor with this yeah. film. Like. <laughs> yeah, I just think overall it just felt very gratuitous. 
And then I think that could lead into the weird, really weird final courtroom scene with the big reveal. Yeah. Like, oh my god. What was that all about? What I don't that? know. So it's like a big reveal because basically he wore wigs in like the courtroom and like disgustingly ugly wigs and stuff. And yeah. then they've got Al in like a mad, massive wig. Which also, can I just say, not ugh, not to defend Phil Spector, but his wigs were never actually that bad. Like, they were pretty they bad. They were bad. They were like, really bad. Al Pacino one is like massive. I think he had one like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I've seen then. a photo. It's really horrifying. It's like, what was the reveal? What was the reveal? What was it? Yeah, I was... Like they weren't, they purposely weren't showing him for like, a few minutes. And then, yeah, are we supposed to, I think we were supposed to think if it's funny. Yeah, we went to laugh. Like, then it's, I don't, yeah, this, the whole thing with the wigs was really crazy because they did that on purpose because. Yeah, they that was their idea. Show, yeah, like that he was not, he was not taking this seriously. And I yes. think that's really upsetting. And I think that's why a Ugh, lot of just... members of the jury or <laughs> did not like him. But then they were trying to make it, the defense was trying to make it into like he, they're purposely not liking him because of his appearance. But it's like they were choosing to make him appear like that. I don't know. It's just, there was more of a, a thought process to all of that that the movie just didn't show. And I also thought it was yeah. really stupid because I didn't understand like why she was so shocked to see him like that because he had also appeared with wigs before. So yeah, like, equally this wasn't, ugly a, this wasn't day one in the yeah. courtroom. So I was really confused. I was just confused, I think. Yeah. Confused and just angry. But like, I was <laughs> angry throughout the whole film. But oh God. I'm so glad it was like actually a bad film. <laughs> yeah. I say that only because we got a good documentary series about it. And I think if we didn't True. have the Spectre docuseries... It would be very dark days we'd be living in, but yeah, at least we got that to counteract this awful film. That's true. <laughs> I think one more thing was they have this footage of like younger Specter in the studio, and he he did not look young. He, no, Al, Al did not age. <laughs> they did try to make him look younger, <laughs> but this was, I guess, their proof or whatever showing him that he did pull out guns in the studio which he did but the tone of that whole scene just came off so wrong to me where I just felt like they weren't showing the actual threat of the situation that he was shooting a gun in a studio and they're just like oh this stands so crazy yeah yeah I don't know I just don't understand it yeah the tone of that scene is insane. It's not like a, oh my God, look at this man. Mm-hmm. He did it. It's just not that at all. And that's, that's no. what I'm just struggling to come up with the words. This film is just saying he's innocent. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, it is. And I just, I despise that, honestly. Mm-hmm. I hate it. I'd like to be in a room with David Mamet. <laughs> Go in a room with him. And come out alone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel like the... The problem is that they were like so deeply rooted in the movie mm-hmm. that I can't really put into words exactly what the issues were because it it was so slight that it was off-putting, but I don't really quite know what was off-putting about it, if that makes sense. No, it does. It really does. Everything for me, was it's so purposeful to me. Yes. Like, yes. Yeah. Go ahead. 
No, I, I just, I think I'm the same. I think uh, for me, it's just the lack of truth mm-hmm. and the blatant lies or not lies. Maybe, yeah, lies, but also just them not telling other stuff, other parts of the story. Mm-hmm. And that to me is like indefensible. And then you want to call it a work of fiction, but yet you've got some other true stuff. And it's like, what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's okay to show that the defense was trying to paint Lana Clarkson as a suicidal depressed yeah drug addicts but it's that's the only way she's shown so then you're just siding with that um, depiction too yeah Yeah, it's just this is a really awful way to remember lana and they just make her like another figure or like another body even yeah yeah i just i really hated this movie i've also something i forgot i've just checked yeah with my last line of my notes is that I don't know if you remember, but Linda is the last one to speak. Mm-hmm. And she's basically saying that she believes he's not guilty, that Phil Spector is not guilty. Mm-hmm. And that is the last line of this film. So, what agenda are they pushing? Yeah. The last line of the film was that she believes he's not guilty. Was it you make up your mind as audience, but it's like, how then, are we supposed to? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then it hits us with the title card just saying that he's in prison. And it's yeah. like, yeah. Obviously, but then just, I just cannot imagine what it would be like for someone who didn't know the case and then watched this and was like, oh, okay. They just missed out so much stuff. I just cannot believe they ended it like that. I just, oh. Yeah, because I think if I didn't know anything, I'd be like, why was he convicted? Yeah. Just based Wait. on what they showed. Because <laughs> 10 to 2, clearly there was Come something that changed their minds or or made up their minds and even with the second trial as well he got different lawyers and stuff Mm -hmm. and it's i'll say it's not like part of the reason why he was convicted it wasn't a show anymore and it's just things like that so yeah if you're watching this you'd be like yeah why was he convicted then like how are you leaving a film asking more questions with the second trial apparently linda didn't want to be his uh, attorney because it was not going to be televised Oh my god. Oh my god, what an evil cow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like this movie painting her the way they do is just oh, it's disgusting. Just crazy, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. It's a trash movie yes. with yeah. not good performances. I really there was nothing about it I liked or would recommend. Um yeah, same. Nothing. Yeah. Just watch the I think it's the Showtime series. That yes. came out a couple years ago. We can forget about that evil. See you next Tuesday. And we are going to talk about Lana now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> forget about him. He's rotten in hell. And we can talk about how lovely Lana was. Mm-hmm. And do you want to talk about what we would have liked to have seen her in? Sure. We've got to give some light into this. Like. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I had quite a few. Yeah. But maybe I'll just do a, a couple. So That's right, we can run through them. One idea I had was th- this movie was fun, but I think if she had been in it instead of the other person. I know you like the person in Oh my god, movie, okay. I'm so ready. I think if she played Alyssa in Laser Mission, oh my I would have liked the movie more. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shut up. Hold on. The blonde curls. Oh, yeah. my God. I love it so much. I love it. I love it. I love it. 
Plus, I just think she and Brandon Lee would just go really well together. Oh my god. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I good. love that. Oh my god, that's brilliant. Sorry, no, that's um, very good. Plus, we know she can do action and comedy. Exactly. Yeah. And she, yeah, she can fight. Yeah. I love it. another one i had was velma in chicago which is the Catherine zeta jones character very nice based off of like a haunting umbrella and yeah she's the bad guy but you really like her and you really want to root for her i mean yeah she's one of the main characters right she's like the Yeah. yeah Um, Love it. I don't know if she could sing and dance, but I'm sure she could. Oh, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she could sing and dance for sure. I'd say that yeah. was like full total confidence. <laughs> <laughs> and I also was thinking like old Hollywood. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you've seen this movie, but it's called Dance Girl Dance. Oh, no. And it's about these showgirls. And Lucille Ball plays like the main showgirl who goes into burlesque and i think she could have played that role love it another um, burlesque yeah true i know cabaret is not really like chicago sorry isn't really like that but kind of right? yeah fancy and it was directed by dorothy arzner early film directed by women about women the movie was fine but i just think she i feel like she would have fit well into the into classic hollywood and she had that sort of Marilyn Monroe or Ava Gardner. Yeah. Um, even maybe Rita Hayworth vibes to me. Yeah. Yeah. I would put her up there like that. Yeah. Definitely. And then there's Peggy Sue Got Married. It's like a Francis Ford Coppola movie. I only I know it because okay. there's a Be Kind Rewind video on it. <laughs> <laughs> but I think she could have played Lana or what's her? Oh my God. Oh, Kathleen. Kathleen Turner. <laughs> Is she, she Peggy goes. Sue? Yeah. No. So I, I can't really remember. I think she goes back in time, was, in it. Yeah, like to when she was in high school. And but said in the 50s, I think Nicolas Cage is her boyfriend. Oh my God, yes. She's kind of coming to appreciate her family more. And I think it would be interesting to see Lana in a, uh, some sort of dynamic like that. Yeah. And then I think it would have been cool if she was on Saturday Night Live or done some sort of comedy thing. Yeah, 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 Because yeah, yeah. I know, you know that was one of her biggest aspirations to do stand-up comedy. Oh, that would yeah. be lovely. Yeah, yeah, I like that a lot. But I feel like I could probably see her in kind of anything because she just was that versatile yeah. for me. What about you? Oh, I love that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> So I weirdly, I don't know how to start this. I went down like a route of like science fiction-y because yeah. of the sword and sandal films. So one film, I, actually no, these are actually two TV shows technically. Okay. But one famous book series that like when it came out in the 90s, it should have been a sword and sandal show or film was Game of Thrones. And I could see her playing Cersei Lannister. Oh, okay. She's like, um, do you know anything about Cersei? No. She's... she's <laughs> She's how do I describe Cersei Lannister? All right, she's evil, but she would do anything for like her kids and her family and the Lannisters, and like she's a queen basically. And I think I could just like I want to see La- Lana in that type of role where she's evil. <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> we kind of got it in Morello, but I think she'd be do she'd do great as a queen. 
And mm-hmm. there's like an evil queen. Oh my God, I'd see that straight away. And she's blonde and the Lannisters are golden haired. So I just felt like that was actually perfect in a way. Yeah. Going the opposite route to fantasy, but being like sci-fi-y. Is why I think this is insane. I feel like it's silly, but the, there's a Black Mirror episode where it's like a parody of Star Trek. Mm-hmm. USS Callister and I don't know why but because it's like a play on like the old like 70s films yeah the 60s series sorry when Star Trek came out kind of reminds me of like her 80s films and mm-hmm. so I just thought I'd put Lana as one of the women in the pit <laughs> the, the main spaceship basically <laughs> it's like, cool. like that sort of role yeah um another weird comic-y book one uh, this is not his name but I'm just thinking I we got the news of the Fantastic Four remake. Oh yeah, of the cast. Lana would be a great Sue Storm. Okay, Invisible Girl. They're both yeah. blonde. She would look great in that outfit. She can kick ass. I think <laughs> she would be a great superhero. And I don't say that often. I hate. Yeah. That. I don't know. I just saw a Sue Storm, and I was like, oh my god, perfect. I've got a crazy one that I got from when I was watching The Haunted of Morella. <laughs> It's mainly the outfit she wears. Okay. Are you ready for this? I don't actually know how to pronounce this film, but it's Sophia Coppola's The Beguiled. Oh, yeah. I don't know why. It's The Governess. I'm sorry. Yeah. I feel like oh I can God. see her in that house. Isn't it based yeah. on a film as well? Like an old film? Yeah. Clint Eastwood, I think. Ooh, have you seen that one? No. No, I'm not either. Just wonder which one she'd be better in. No, I'd like to see her in this one. I don't know who she'd replace. Maybe Nicole mm-hmm. Kidman's character? Because I, I don't I just want to feel say like Kirsten. Nicole's like really icy in that one. Yeah, but then I don't think she. I don't want her as Kirsten's character because she's like <laughs> naive and stuff. Yeah, but I want her in that basically. I yeah. want her character from Morello, Miss Devereaux, into <laughs> the Beguiled. I don't know what it is, but yeah, yeah, I like that and one. Then, and then this is my last one. This is gonna sound insane, but I don't. <laughs> you notice this but she really I thought Lana really looked like Busy Phillips yeah <laughs> even though if we were doing fan casting I would have fan casted Busy and I was thinking Busy Phillips is in Mean Girls the mm-hmm. musical as Regina's mum and I want to see Lana <laughs> as Regina's mum maybe like in the 2004 one as Amy Poehler yeah. but could you imagine her as Regina's mum like in the pink tracksuit yeah. like giving them the marks oh my god she'd be great I think and she, she would put- have aced that exactly yeah. <laughs> And like that, and she would be overacting as well because you mm. know that's not an easy role to play. You know, you're playing like silly, but so I just love it. I would love to see it, and that's a comedy one as well. Yeah, so I would like to see her like that, basically. Kind yeah. <laughs> of all not linked at all. <laughs> I'm still reeling from the laser mission, to be honest. Like, I love that so much. <laughs> yeah, I think whoever played her was fine, but just. It didn't quite reach the potential heights we needed that Lana yeah. would have brought. <laughs> yeah. I think I felt pretty good, though, about the her, I guess, the ability she was able yes. to show in her movies, though. I definitely feel upset that, like, she wasn't able to make more movies, but I feel like she showed a lot. So I think my the sadness for me doesn't really come from that her career yes that's good that's yeah. good you know what I mean we got her in a lot of stuff and doing a lot of different things mm-hmm. which is nice but yeah it does hurt that she wasn't in more yeah can I also just say one thing we've not mentioned that I yeah. she volunteered weekly at the AIDS charity project angel food which delivered food to those in LA disabled by HIV or AIDS and come on 
That's so lovely. In the 80s, it was obviously at the height and stuff. And helping out in the 80s and the 90s is just so amazing. And that was the type of person she was. Mm. Love her. Yeah. And I wasn't surprised at all to read that as well. I was like, that is so Lana. Yeah. She was just doing that to help other people. And I think that was something all of her friends and family said was just like, she was always helping and giving and loving other people. And I think that's what she should be remembered for. It's really awful that she was, that she's not known for being a person. Yes. And this one event, this horrible coincidence. Yeah. Yeah, She's forever tied to Phil Spector. People almost say that like the other way around. Oh, he's always going to be known for being a murderer and it's tarnished his legacy. But it's, I, I honestly think she's, her legacy is further worse because that's all she's known for and he has to be a face that we see or think of when we think of lana and it should be lana yeah we should just be thinking of her yeah and i guess that's why i wanted this is why i wanted to cover these three women that we have because it it's time to just think about them as women and as people and i'm glad that we did but there's so many different things to unpack with that because it's yeah their deaths are so much like a part of their history and we do have to acknowledge the men but I think there's a you need to find the line and not cross it yeah I think we've done I think we've done okay with that honestly look at us when we were talking about her films how much fun we were having like how much fun we had watching them and I think that just speaks volumes yeah that's true I've loved every second of watching her films (laughs) I have a stand for life. I love her. Oh, good. I'm glad. Thank you all for listening and make sure to check out some of these films that we've mentioned. We hope you enjoyed the episode and the series. In a couple weeks, we'll be starting our second series, Mysterious Men and Peculiar Deaths. And we will be starting with George Reeves, who is probably most known for being Superman and the circumstances surrounding his death. Make sure to keep an eye out for that. Follow us on Instagram at Gone But Not Forgotten Pod, and we'll see you in a couple weeks. Bye! This episode was co-hosted and edited by me, Audrey Cornell, and co-hosted by Louise Coleman. The music was written by Nia D'Amelio. Gone But Not Forgotten is a part of the Trident Network. To learn more about our videos, live shows, and podcasts, please visit thetridentnetwork.com.